0: All right, boys, we are very fortunate tonight to have educators Jeffrey Erickson, the principal of Minnetonka High School in Minnesota, with his colleague Rob Virgin, who is the assistant principal at Minnetonka. Uh, They are our guests on Education Excellence. Thank you, Casey, for scheduling them with our producers of Education Excellence, Sue Semplis and Michael Levin Epstein, support for this segment of education excellence has been provided by Vacava Software Solutions. You're an education innovator, but the complexity of running your new intervention program is overshadowing its success. Reduce the complexity with Achieve More by Vacava. Achieve More is a dynamic scheduling, communication, and tracking tool. Your faculty can easily schedule sessions, notify students and parents track participation, and gain new actionable insights that enable quick response to students in academic distress. See how Achieve More by Vacava can increase your program's success. Learn more at vacava.com. Achieve more. That is vacava.com. Achieve more. Uh, Jeffrey and Rob, great to have you guys. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. All right. So we did some research and we read some about this intervention that you guys have instituted at, at Minnetonka that, um, sounds like a way to use data. And, and I think, is it safe to say fellas, that it's leading data, uh, uh, real time data that, that is okay. Uh, In order to schedule kids for an intervention that can really address, um, their grades, their, their current school work to make sure that they're doing well at Minnetonka High School. It, uh, you guys have a large school. It sounds like a big operation. There's scheduling software involved. Um, there's identifying kids. So we want you, for our listeners, give us kind of the, the, the general scope of the intervention.
1: I think what we do every single week is teachers look at their data in their classroom real time. And identify who would be in need of academic support. And uh, they, we have a process in which they invite students. They uh, enter the information on a Tuesday. That information is looked at by counselors, administrators, uh, to figure out where that student should go. In the case of you know, multiple teachers wanting a particular student during our intervention time, which is on Wednesdays, uh, we narrow that down. We assign the students a particular time. That information uh, goes to their iPad and indicates what time they need to be and where and the teacher works with the students those that wednesday morning and provides tailored intervention in real time and uh, helps that student figure out what's going on we call it Minnetonka academic success time so it's not for students who are only not just students who are struggling it's for all students and how to bring them to higher levels of learning but it's very individualized and specific to the students need
0: so just um for clarity this is really for current school work for the the work in their courses. It has more to do with their grades and how they're doing in their daily school work than test prep or anything like that. Correct?
1: Yeah, it's specific just to their current coursework. Okay, uh, nothing outside of that.
2: And so, one of the things that um, you guys wrote about in the article was um, it's important to make time. So, if it's important to make time for it, and you all have actually added in and built in um, mass time into the schedule. So just out of curiosity, so while these students are getting the more individualized attention, um, what is the rest of your student body doing?
1: Well, they have, uh, it happens every Wednesday from 7.55 to 8.35. You have a six-period day. And so students that are taking the bus get there at 7.50. Prior to this time being done during the actual school, school day, the intervention time, students who took the bus couldn't get help before school. It just wasn't possible. Right. So it's at the beginning of the day, so either students are in the academic intervention through math, uh, but we have collaborative spaces throughout the building. The media center is open. We have a writing center, a math center. Uh, students are simply working on their assignments throughout the building. It's very calm. Uh, even though we have a school of 3,300, it's a calm, uh, calm academic environment and then honestly there are some students who are on track academically don't need to come in for any assistance and those students uh need to be in school by 8:40 which is the start of first period so some students have an extra half hour of sleep
2: and t- talk a little bit how you follow up with those students so they they get the schedule of, where, of when and where they're supposed to be in the classroom um and then i guess they show up so you know if a student doesn't show up or you know how do you guys follow through to ensure that you know, the students that you actually want to work with are getting worked with?
3: Yeah. So that's what, uh, uh, after a, a, you know, a year or so of, of being in the program, we, we added in a, an online scheduler. And that allowed us a couple of different things. One thing it allowed us to do was to resolve multiple bookings. So science teacher and math teacher both want to see a student. And, you know, sometimes a student might be you know, genuinely confused because both teachers both teachers have told them that, "Hey, I want to see you tomorrow." Um, at times, the student might have said, "Hey," told the science teacher, "I'm going to math," and the math teacher, "I'm going to science," and they ended up at Arby's. Uh, <laughs> but they uh, <laughs> they then, got
0: the meat. Uh, well, they got a roast beef, so that's but what they got it. <laughs> That's good. So
3: that that might have happened once or twice, and then there's uh, that the online schedule also allowed us uh, teachers actually take attendance in there too. So and since it's during the school day, we just treat it like an academic class, that if a student is marked absent, we follow up on that just like we would an unexcused absence for any other class.
0: So go ahead, Case.
2: I have a twofold question, and I want to back up a little bit for the first one. In your article, you talk briefly about why you started the intervention process. Can you can you elaborate on what pushed you to start? the intervention for for your high school?
1: We started it probably four years ago and really looking at the issue that students, we track academic, we did track academic data at that point. Student was struggling, for example, in a course, the teacher talks and students say, you know, you need to come in uh, for zero hour. And zero hour for us happened between 7 and 7.50 each morning. But for a chunk of the population, by saying that, uh, they couldn't come in because transportation was an issue. right. And so was kind of an ongoing issue. We have a six-period day, so there's not a lot of flexibility with that, uh, that structure. And so, you know, we took off six minutes off of each of the class periods and added that time in the beginning of the day and created that academic intervention time. So what we did in this process was eliminate excuses. You know, they no longer as excusing, I can't get to school. Nope, the bus gets you there on time. And so it was making sure we actually put the time in the day when all students had access to support in a very specific way. So it changed everything. You know, we we built a lot of other academic supports other than just that one-on-one time with the teacher. Right. But it was building it in the day that made a difference.
2: Uh, so uh, my follow-up to that in terms of how it started, as you know, and I'm sure you've experienced that sometimes teachers get uh, a little upset when when change happens. And this seems like mm-hmm. a pretty systemic and uh, wide array of change happening. How did, how did you manage that change in the building? What kind of what kind of issues arose or were there any issues that arose with with staff and how did they uh, you know how did they take to it?
1: And yeah, we had no issues. So um <laughs>
0: That's Pass. All right, next question. Pass. You guys are the greatest <laughs> administrators Jeez. ever. Is it
2: you know what it, it, you say that there's no issues with the students <laughs> or the staff it's, is it cuz of the weather? It's, sunny, yeah, it's just it's colder. Just, they the move slower. Winter, oh. yeah,
1: people just can't wait. <laughs> people are actually so
3: frozen they don't just think.
1: Do. Uh, no, it's uh you know, you know that really is uh was been a critical part of our process. It this started uh well we we had simply had a pilot and so in the first year of this implementation we had three times between October and early December where we tried this. Oh. And every single time that we tried it we got staff feedback and somebody said at one point you know how many times we need to get feedback (laughs) and we just said you know that's part of a pilot and so staff really felt like they owned it good we worked continually to improve it I mean so went through so many iterations and uh it came from the building level and it really went back to that question of what are we going to do for the students who are struggling and aren't here when we think they should be here during that time So, yeah, there was there was, you know, when you take that time that create that 40 minutes of academic support that comes from the day, reduces instructional time, you need to calculate prep time into that. I mean, you have a lot of you got to work through some of the contractual pieces. And also, I would just say last piece is um, there's a high level then of accountability. You know, when you said before in the old days, well, come in before school. Student didn't come in before school because they couldn't. Student didn't pass. Well, what can I do? And now it's, no, we have that student in the school, and it required us to be very specific on our assessment data to make sure that's driving what our work. Right. Um, I remember one quote from a student that said, um, my teacher approached me, invited me to come in during this time. Two things. They know that I'm having a struggle, and they started to build a relationship with me, and we saw a lot of positives. But it was a slow
3: yeah. process. It continually grew. Yeah. I jump in on the, on the pilot part. I'd add that we, we have said to teachers and to our students and families too that if we're doing this right, it should almost always feel like a pilot. Right. Because the, the kids' needs are, are just we're, – we're trying to be just in time to that. So, like, last year we added in that um, we noticed that um, some students, um, you know, weren't being invited, maybe if, if you took a lot of higher-level classes or things like that. And, you know, kids pay attention to that. And they're – you know, we wanted to normalize this idea of getting help. And, you know, that's what, when we actually shifted the name, like Jeff mentioned, to success time – and so we, we shifted it to, you know, everybody should be assigning, you know, somebody to mast. And, and that took a little bit of, you know, getting used to, but that, that was an example of a small ship. Now, a few months from now, we might be in a different spot, you know, one, cause it'll be July, right. uh, but <laughs> two because we'll be into a, a next year, but there always should be a, a certain amount of tinkering with this so that we're keeping up with what the needs are.
0: Sure. So speaking of the tinkering, um, I'm looking at the outcomes uh, really amazing outcomes. You guys 45% drop in total failing grades, a 33% drop in the number of students earning a failing grade and a 25% drop in students with multiple failing grades. Um, Also, it sounds like um, you guys are thinking about students with D's and other indicators of underperformance or kids that are struggling. So we've heard a lot of the things that have really gone right with it. What are things that you guys constantly talk about that you want to tweak, that you want to improve on behalf of, of kids and your, and your staff?
3: Well, I think one thing that one idea just to to throw it out there is we've talked with other people that have um, had similar models or are testing something is, um, and I don't know where the, where the, where we want to be with this or where the right answer is, but some people have talked about, um, you know having plcs or teams of teachers invite and then you know differentiating across um, a, a curriculum team or a teaching team of of the intervention that you're adding um so that you're you know you're able to add a, a, a more variety to service but you know the other side of that is but then you're, you a student might not be working with the teacher that has a relationship with them and right. the student that's already you know shown signs of need so that's why we've kind of steered away from that but that's something out there that we that we might test with um no
1: yeah i think uh that's a great example i think even going back probably the most critical parts that we went in terms of what change we made to make it work and now where it's it's operational um is just the technology part of it making sure that we were using just antiquated you know simple spreadsheets to track information google forms and then we worked to create an app that it really automated everything, so it took away all the operational stuff that bogged teachers down. Right, it made it so simple, so teachers focus on their intervention.
0: Well, a quick uh, a, a quick follow up on that is there is there um, in in the article it mentions data analytics. You have the scheduling software. Yeah. Uh, uh, is there a comprehensive database with the kids' grades and other identifiable information that's that that's a part that speaks to the scheduler, or how do those different Platforms, or is it all one yeah. platform?
3: Yeah, there's a little bit of overlap, so it's not our SIS, it's not our student information system. Got it. Uh, it, it is a, a web-based scheduler, but you know, to illustrate that a little bit, like when that uh, invitation comes out to students on Tuesday, their iPad does light up with a push notification that says, "Hey, here's where you need to be tomorrow morning." Uh, parents' email uh, triggers at the same time as well as to their school email. All that should be accompanied by the face-to-face invite, but all that is happening before they leave our Wi-Fi environment. But on the analytics side, you know, we've done a pretty comprehensive job of trying to bring a lot of our real-time and kind of post-data into uh, conversation with each other of what is our external assessment saying in relation to what are kids doing right now? And across all of that, the best indicator we have is how many times has a student been invited to MAST? That's the real time that the teacher's sitting at their desk or wherever and indicating, I want to see this student this week. There's, you know, there's not much ambiguity to that where there sometimes is around external assessments right. or, you know, is there maybe an assignment missing? Is that why the grade's down or something like that? Or maybe it's just we're waiting for a retake on a test or something. But when somebody says, hey, this is one of the handful of students, you know, that I work with that I want to see, that takes away a lot of the, the gray, and so we track that of how many times has a student been assigned to MAST, how many times have they been multi-booked to MAST, um, three times booked, all of that.
2: And one last question here for you guys, and this is a little bit out of left field. You know, you don't touch on it in your article, but I'm just mostly curious. Um, in, in the general question is just kind of like, how, how does homework fit into all this, and does it have a role, and if so, what role? And the reason I ask that um, is because I'm listening to you guys talk, you know, I think about grades and part of grades is you know and what it should be you know obviously is what you know but there is you know a certain element of grades that's also the game of grades and you know students are no dummies and they calculate things and they you know i have this percentage and this is this assignment and if i do that you know there is some sort of um figuring out that so is homework a part of math? is homework a part of what you do or is math more focused on like base academic skills I would say just um, we've done a lot of work on the area of grading.
1: Uh, We've got a couple articles in Principal Leadership about it. uh, Our grades really focus on what students know and are able to do, and the primary amount of the grade is based on summative assessments. There's a small part that comes from formative. So I would say that the focus is really not around homework. It's really looking at where are their deficiencies, and based on the formative assessment data, how can they help students figure that out so they do better on the summative, or if they're redoing a summative, so I really wouldn't say it's a homework issue because we're not trying to get kids caught up on homework. It's really about they're not understanding key concepts, and that's coming through on their summative, and how we're we going to help them figure that
0: out. All right, well, this has been great, fellas. Um, I just want to put in another plug for the for Mast Minnetonka Academic Success Time. Uh, do you have anything uh, that you want to plug? Can we? Can we get your Twitter handles? How, how can people find you and connect with you to, to learn more about what you're doing with your kids in your school?
1: Well, we do have a, uh, do have a Twitter handle, at Tonka Principal, and so that gives you access to all the great things happening in Tonka High School. And if you Google Beyond 140 MAST, <laughs> you can see a video that's rather entertaining as we explain what MAST is. So you can Google that, and if you Google that, you can learn a lot
3: more about the high school. With our weekly video series called called Beyond 140. That'd be, yeah, I had to, I'd just echo that plug of if you're you know for the Ed Leader kind of side of if you're thinking about a program like this, something that we didn't get into as much as today is like what does that look like culturally as you communicate to students and to parents of like you know why are we shortening the school day some right. might say or why are we taking it away and how are we telling kids and communicating to them that hey it's normal to get help and that's a good thing even though the majority of the school isn't that day. Uh, so that video is a good example of how we've used humor and intentionality uh, to get um, our stakeholders kind of on a similar page. Awesome!
0: All right, we're, and we're going to link those to our Ed's Not Dead website. I, I we should have probably talked oh, more. What talked more about Ed leadership, but I, I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty convinced that any of principals listening tonight are going to have inferiority complexes about all, <laughs> all that you guys are doing because <laughs> you're here to help you, okay you got it because you got it going on well thank you very much jeff and rob we loved having you on um spread the good word about it. it's not dead for us as well please
3: absolutely
1: absolutely thank you so much
0: all right guys take care we'll talk to you soon all right.
1: thanks guys Bye, on